Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known as the East Bay Area. On tonight's show, we are remembering September 11th. And since I'm sure you heard enough about what happened in New York, we're going to talk about what happened in Chile on September 11th of 1973. That's right. On tonight's show, we'll learn about what happened in Chile on that day, why it happened, and why it's still important. We'll speak with Chilean filmmaker and composer Hector Saldago, Salgado, um, who was living in Chile at this important time and date. Also, we'll listen to and discuss some excerpts from his film, Special Circumstances, and check out its soundtrack. All that and more tonight on Full Circle. I'm your host, Fiwell and Franklin. And I'm Laura Laboricua Chegaray. Stay tuned. Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Full Circle. It's been 17 years after September 11, 2001, and most Americans take a minute to remember the tragic events in New York and consider how our daily lives have evolved ever since. But too many still don't acknowledge or even know about what some call the first 9-11. Yes, 45 years ago, on September 11th, 1973, the U.S. financed a coup d'etat against Chile. Chile's democratically elected and socialist president, Salvador Allende. Most credible sources estimate that 3,200 were killed and disappeared in the aftermath. Tens of thousands more were victims of arbitrary arrest and torture, and around a million were exiled. Tonight, we are honored to have filmmaker and composer Hector Salgado, who, who was just 16 years old and living in Chile at the time of the 1973 coup. He was arrested, imprisoned, tortured, and after three years exiled to the United States and forbidden to return to Chile to see his family for 12 years. Since then, he has researched who was involved in the coup and in particular who was responsible for the events in his hometown of Tomé and created a film documenting his and his friends' experiences. Um, him and his friends' experiences at the time as he tracks down and confronts the perpetrators of these crimes. And just a reminder that this special, uh, this film, Special Circumstances, and the soundtrack will be our gift to you tonight for a donation to KPFA of $100. And just so you have the number handy, it's 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And you can also make a secure donation online at KPFA. FA.org. And before we speak with Hector Salgado, one of the creators of this revealing and emotional documentary film, let's check out a short clip. In this clip, we'll hear from Hector, his mom, and his sister. 
Also, a reminder, this is a bilingual film with English subtitles, so we have created voiceovers for the radio audience. by the U.S. government, General Augusto Pinochet overthrew the democratically elected president, Salvador Allende, in 1973. He remained Chile's dictator for 17 years. During that time, an estimated 3,200 people were executed or disappeared. Tens of thousands were detained and tortured. One million people were exiled. activity of the coup happened far away in the capital, Santiago. But Marines from the Navy base nearby mobilized and took over our small town. Under military rule, the people of Tomei lived in a state of terror where all opposition was crushed. Many young people loyal to Allende were arrested for actions against the military state. I was 16 years old when I was detained. They surrounded the house. I wanted to run away when I saw the, the Marines, but I was afraid that they would shoot me in the back. I remember a guy in the uniform with a black beret. He was big and he had a mean face, a horrible face. He said, ma'am, we're taking your son with us. I said, why are you taking him? Why are you taking him away? I said, they turned everything upside down and destroyed everything in sight. We were crying, of course, in shock, terrified. We didn't understand anything. My friends and my family supported Allende. When the could happen, we felt like we had to do something. We heard about a member of Patria y Libertad, a right-wing party that supported the coup, who had a hidden stash of dynamite. Me and my friends took that dynamite. And later, we were arrested. In my neighborhood, um, I would say 70% of the kids were either killed, put in prison, or sent to exile. And if they were not, it was so hard for them to live there that they left to Brazil, Argentina. So the whole community was... I was held incommunicado for five or more days. I was also tortured for about three months. Most of my friends were detained by the Chilean Navy in prison and torture. My friends Fernando Moscoso and Irán Calcedilla were executed by a firing squad. 
After many government investigations, few former military officers in Chile have been brought to trial or imprisoned for their crimes during the dictatorship. Eventually, the dictatorship forced us into exile. After three years in prison, I was put on a plane in Santiago and sent to the United States. I was 19 years old. I thought that, that I was going to go back to Chile in months. I didn't want to be in the U.S. because I didn't want to be here in a place where the, the connection was so strong between the U.S. and Chile and the State Department involvement in the coup. But then I didn't have any other country to go. The U.S. was the one who gave me the visa to come here, so I had to take it. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. Thanks for joining us tonight. For this special fun drive presentation of the documentary film Special Circumstances. And that was just a short clip from the film describing the situation in the small coastal town of Tomei during the beginning of the U.S. backed coup, September 11th, 1973. Special Circumstances is the film. This, along with the soundtrack, is our gift to you tonight for a donation of $100. The number to call is 1 800 four three nine five seven three two that's one eight hundred hey kpfa also kpfa.org get this film and learn about another 9-11 one that we're not the victims of but accomplices too let's give out that number one more time then we'll speak with our special guest hector salgado the number one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA, also kpfa.org. Get yourself a copy of this film and the soundtrack for $100. That breaks down to $8 a month and some change, actually, a month. Um, just mention that to the operator that you'd like to make payments. Um, thank you to those callers that we had. Now we want to um, get ready to bring in our special guest, uh, Berkeley resident Hector Salgado. Hector, along with his wife, uh, Marianne Talecki, are the team behind this film, Special Circumstances. Hector is a survivor of interrogation, detainment, and torture during the Pinochet years. Arrested at age 16, like we heard in the clip, he was imprisoned for three years and then sent into exile to the U.S., um, This film not only tells a dramatic story of Hector's encounters with former military personnel, but also gives audiences a rare look at contemporary Chile and the nation's effort to reconcile its troubling history. Welcome to Sur Full Circle, Hector. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this film with us on Full Circle. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, this is a great opportunity for me to give back to KPFA, I was thinking when you were talking about the film and everything that when I came here to California, Berkeley, to La Peña mm -hmm. in 1981, I used to hear you every day and I, you know, I, I gave my little donation. I remember once I became a, a donor, 
remember. Uh, it was Thank like you. twenty dollar, twenty five. Yeah. And I, I really urge everybody who is listening to support KPFA because you have been doing a wonderful job for many, many years and you should continue with your work. So I'm very, very excited to be here. Thank you. And when you pledge during this hour, you're also supporting the apprenticeship program, which is a way to get folks out in the community to do this kind of work like like myself. And I'm so grateful for this. Two years ago, I didn't know anything about radio. And here I am um, using my newly acquired skills to give voice to the voiceless. And, so I'm uh, so grateful. That's great. And you just graduated. Um, so congratulations on your graduation, Lauda. Thank you. <laughs> um, but Hector, in, back in 1973, you were so young. You were just um, 16 about when this all started. What was your first experience immediately after the coup started? Because you were located a little bit south uh, east of the actual epicenter. Right. Well, I have to say that, uh, you know, I got involved in politics because Salvador Allende was elected in 1970 and I was maybe 13 years old and it really had a big impact in my family, in my hometown, in Chile as a whole. Um, so I started being very active as a high school, no, primary school. That's I, I like was middle eighth school. grade, I think, uh-huh. ninth grade. Um, like many, many people in Chile. Um, so when the coup happened, it was... Um, you know, for us, it was a big surprise. We never seen planes flying in Santiago, Chile, dropping bombs in the palace. It was, um, it was like a movie. It was uh, really incredible to see that. Wow. So, obviously, everybody my age and everybody who supported Allende wanted to do something, and, and I be and I started being very active in the in the resistance, resistance mm-hmm. again in the the coup. Wow. And why why would this happen? I mean, pre- prior to the coup in 1973, there had been a long stretch of time where the country had seen form of democratically elected leaders. And President Allende was the first socialist candidate to be democratically elected anywhere in Latin America. So how does that make sense to you? Well, first of all, I mean, everything started here in the U.S. Um, the U.S. was very much afraid of having an elected socialist government in Latin America. They, you know, they were thinking about this uh, domino theory that if Allende is elected, then everybody's going to be elected. And they started um, a campaign uh, supported by the AT&T uh, and some many other multinational companies. Uh, Nixon was the president and he ordered the CIA to start um, sabotage and basically to, to put in place a coup d'etat in Chile, which is kind of the same thing they're doing now with maybe Venezuela. Yeah. Um, so the, the order was from the White House mm-hmm. to initiate the coup in Chile and it took them three years to over to Allende and there, there's plenty information about how they did it and yeah. you know and, and the and how much cooperation they had from the right wing political parties in Chile and the military yeah. to take over. Yeah. At, at this point there's no doubt, there's no no thing that you could call conspiracy theories like yeah. like the other nine eleven and 
this is this is all confirmed, folks. And um, Hector, you just mentioned um, Venezuela. Just recently, there was an assassination attempt against Venezuela's president, Nicolas Maduro. And some say the U.S. may have had a hand in it. In your opinion, um, do these two events share any connections? And in that regard, why is it so important to keep telling the story about Chile? Um, you know, I can only talk about Chile because it's, the, it's where I have more information. I know more about it. But what I have to say based on my 40 years of experience and and what happened in Chile, that we have to be very attentive about what the U.S. is trying to do in Latin America. Um, they've done it many times. Um, yeah. They did it in Argentina. They did it in Bolivia. They did it in Chile. They, they've been trying to do it in Cuba for more than 50 years. Dominican <clears throat> Republic. Dominican Republic and many other places. Granada. We have to be aware that the U.S., wants to control the way the people of Latin America want to make decisions. They want to have a, a saying in everything. And so we have to be attentive. Very. Um, you know, we have our own issues in Latin America. You know, not every country has the right way <clears throat> to, um, you know, to develop their uh, democracies. But... Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the U.S. is always trying to overthrow governments who want to do their own things. Exactly. Well, let's go to the next clip. This is Hector's friend, Nano, speaking about their arrest. Um, and also in this clip is Hector's mom. Shall we go to that? Um, actually, before we go to the clip, tell us about Nano and your friendship uh, with the people that you were close to. How close were you guys and what was your friendship like? And then we'll hear from Nano. Right. So <clears throat> the, this group of friends who were arrested in October 1973, we were um, seven or eight. Uh, Nano was one of them. Uh, among the, the eight of us, um, Na, uh, Fernando was killed by um, an execution squad. Um, um, uh, Victor, which was another member of the group, uh, was released, but he committed suicide. Um, maybe a year after he was released, he, um, three of us were exiled, and some others uh, left Chile, and we know we don't know where they are. They never came back. So it was a very tragic um, uh, situation for a group of um, teenagers. And you guys are really close friends. You guys were a tight circle of friends. Exactly. We were very, very good friends. A soccer team. You guys played so soccer. We were playing soccer every weekend. We used to go camping. Uh, uh, yeah. We, we, we had a very uh, close uh, community. And, and the coup on September 11th uh, ended that mm -hmm. very Well, let's, um, let's hear from Nano and check out this clip. Um, this is Hector's friend, Nano, speaking about their arrest. Also in this clip, we'll hear from Hector's mom. Nano and Fernando were the first ones arrested by the Navy. Andaban cinco uniformados. Y de repente vi un loco que andaba con abrigo. Y, y me lo miré así y era el Fernando. La Fernanda se notaba y andaba mal, sí. There were five people in uniform, and suddenly I saw someone wearing a coat. And I looked at him, and it was Fernando. And you could tell he was in bad shape. They'd been hitting him. 
So we began walking down the street, and since my mom was up in the balcony watching, they didn't do anything to me. But when my mom couldn't see us anymore, they started hitting me on the street where Lalo lives. They hit us with the butts of their rifles, the sailors. Then when they threw us down, Fernando told me, Nano, he said, softly I heard him say, they know everything. And then they started kicking us. So they then took me to the police station and Fernando to the jail. They made me kneel and they started asking me about the dynamite. And since I really didn't know where it was, I just said, I don't know. Because if I knew where it was, I'd tell them. But I didn't know. I knew that it had changed hands, but not which person. So I said I didn't know. Suddenly I got smacked here on my face, straight to the floor. And since I was kneeling, they picked me up, and then they started asking me about the same thing, about the dynamite. Do you know this guy? Do you know this other guy? I don't know them. Who else was there? And there was the problem. Since Fernando had told me that they knew everything, and it never occurred to me that he had only named me and Carlos. And so that's when I started to talk. I said, Tito, who else? Mato, Lalo, and Victor. I named the four of you. Where does Tito live? Over in my neighborhood. We're all neighbors. Then let's go. Let's go get them. I remember the first one we went to get was Matu. Then we went to get you. Lalo y el Victor. Yo nombré los cuatro. ¿Dónde iba el Tito? Allá en el barrio, dije, ¿dónde vivo yo? Son todos vecinos. Ya vamos entonces. Vamos a buscarlo. Me acuerdo que el primero que vas a buscar fue el Matu. El Matu. Después te vas a buscar a ti. Lleno aquí, lleno de, de, de marinos. La, eh, había un, unos aquí a este lado, otros acá, a este otro lado. And it was full of Marines here. They were on this side, and there was more on the other side. They told me, we're taking your son, but we'll bring him right back. In an hour or two, your son will be right back, and, and you can't go out. He said, you can't leave your house, and so I had to stay here and waited until the next day because you never came. At 5 a.m., the curfew was lifted, and I went out. I asked about you, but they told me you weren't there, and they had no record for your detention. Yeah que no estaba, que no tenían conocimiento, que lo habían detenido, nada, y, y todos nos juntamos, volví para acá, y nos juntamos ya un, un grupo de, de mamás, y seguimos... So, a group of us mothers, we got together, we went down to the governor's office and they detained us, Marinita and me. They held us and separated us. They interrogated me. Then they told Marinita that I said a lot of things about weapons or where we had them, everything. That we were accomplices to what our sons were doing. That I had buried weapons here on my property. And they were going to come here to get them. That's what they said. From the time they detained me until they brought me here. Well, 
the day I got out was really happy for me. But also I was thinking of all those still in jail, of course. I don't know. I always got that. What I missed the most was all of us being together. Yo creo que a todos nos pasó eso. Porque no. Imagínate, teníamos una. I think that's what happened to all of us. Because imagine, we were all such good friends, and they tore us apart. The ones who died, the ones who left. I think that for me that was the worst, that they split us apart. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. We are your host. I'm Freewell and Franklin, joined with Loda Achegaray. And that was the sound from the film Special Circumstances, um, which is our gift to you tonight. We are here in the studio live with historian and co-creator of this film, Hector Salgado. Hector, um, we talked earlier. That was quite an emotional testimony from Nano. Um, please tell us about the lasting effect this period of time had had on your community and the people in your community, like your friends and Nano. Yeah, like uh, like Nano said there uh, in the film, you know, it was pretty hard for, especially for him, because we <clears throat> we, we, we were still in prison, and then uh, some of us were exiled, and we were never able to go back to Chile. Uh, but him, uh, like he said in the film, he was exiled in in his hometown for many many years and when we were doing the film we'd visit him many times we had um, and it's, it's very his story is an amazing story because uh, nano is a carpenter and um, he built a huge house uh where he's the only person living there he never married and he has uh, a bunch of rooms that are empty and He's still waiting for all of us to go back. Um, every time we I visit, he organized barbecues and we all get together and talk. And but it really affected him, um, uh, especially um, the death of Fernando. It really affected him, and also Victor. Victor killed himself because that same for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so his his story is it's, it's a it's a very tragic story, and of course it did affect that small neighborhood for for many many years. And you know uh, they're still there. Wow! Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know there's a whole maybe uh, two new generations of uh, kids who are mm-hmm. growing out in that neighborhood and 
but they're doing great things and and it will be a different future for them we sure hope so um when pinochet got arrested then you felt like or what was in your heart or or in your head that drove you to research and confront these perpetrators Well, you know, for many years we were always thinking about Pinochet and Pinochet here, Pinochet there. You know, it was all about Pinochet. Mm -hmm. And when he was arrest arrested, uh, you know, I started thinking like, well, what about us? You know, the theme was Pinochet every day. Mm -hmm. And when he was arrested, I, I decided that it was time for us to tell the story, our story. Mm -hmm. And so... Obviously, the story has to do with the military, with the people who arrested us, tortured us, and put us in prison. And so, you know, it's kind of it was kind of hard for me to think, you know, how I'm, how am I going to do this from, you know, I don't know how many miles, like five mm thousand -hmm. miles or more distance. Thank God we had the internet, so I started googling, and I don't think Google was a search engine at that time. I think it was Yahoo. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. so I started using the, the internet to uh, find all of these people. And sure enough, I was able to find most of them online. Oh. You know, they, they were pretty much having a very comfortable lives, And they never thought that somebody from the U.S., from Berkeley, <laughs> uh -huh. was going to, you know, find them online <laughs> on the internet. So when I had a, that information in place, you know, I had their place uh, of work where they were living and some of them were still active in the Navy. Uh, I think at that time, the Navy in Chile was just beginning to put up their website, you know, the, the Navy's uh, website, where they have all their members, you know, and, and, and most of these people of the Navy were, um, uh, they had very... Um, European names like Schuster, Banker, mm -hmm. you know, Kohler, a lot of, you know, European, uh, European and some German, German. descendants uh -huh. uh, and some of them even from Nazi families who escaped, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Holocaust, they, they, they oh, escaped no. Germany, Germany, and yeah, after the war. So it was pretty f easy for me to find them. And so... So I had all of this information and my wife was working for the Chilean TV as a producer here in the Bay Area. And then one day we're having dinner with my wife and then another friend is, is here uh, having dinner with us and we started talking about the film, uh, maybe to do a film. And then the idea of making the film, you know, uh, started there. And 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 so I we put together a trip to Chile and 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 then we started filming Uh, going to their houses and asking them, you know, why did you do that? And so that was the beginning of the project, and it lasted for maybe six years, uh, mm -hmm. 2000, 2006. Um, then we finished the film, we showed it in, in Chile, in Santiago. We, we won some awards in Chile mm -hmm. and many festivals. In total, we went to like 35 film festivals around the world. Um, We were on PBS for like three years in a row with the film. We were in the short list for the Emmys, but we didn't make it. <laughs> uh, so it, it was an incredible experience uh, for 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 us to yeah. to to. And and what what has that done to you? This film personally, 
as in terms of healing or any other oh yeah i mean of course it was a it, it was a healing project for me it really mm-hmm. uh, i was able to i mean i was very afraid of doing this film and in order to overcome the fears of being abused or maybe you know physically abused when i was confronting these people i had to go to therapy uh, so it was very good to go to therapy to talk about what happened to me and during torture and jail and prison and then exile and all these issues my my therapist it was, he did a great job and 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 i asked him i don't know why i'm doing this but uh, this is urge for me to do this mm-hmm. and i don't understand why it's me that i have to do this and say well maybe you know that's what you really want to do you don't know yet but uh you know if, if if you're sure about what you're doing you know just go ahead and do it so i remember that i i i bought a suit which i never had before <laughs> <laughs> and i dressed up very nicely uh-huh. and i started going to knocking doors in yeah. all these places, the suit for me was like a an arbor, yeah, and yeah, like the Middle Age, you know. Like uh-huh. I would get, you know, and when I was in Chile, in different towns where these people live, I would just, you know, put myself in front of the mirror and, and dressed up, and it was like an armor, yeah, it was a protection, a protection. Yes, um, I, I totally get it. Yeah, um, it seemed like people with uh, suit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they respect more yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> anyway so it was a, it was an incredible experience but for me it was not only to do a film but to find justice uh, and and you know i was very glad to to um to see at the end of the film that you know i gave my film to different people um and that triggered some other families of the people who, who were um, tortured, arrested, or even killed in my hometown of Tomé to file complaints. Uh, and then with the movie and all the interviews that I that I did over the years, I, I passed that information to the, to the judicial system in Chile. And yeah, from uh, maybe 2012 to 2016, maybe, there, there, there've been a lot of investigations, and and I, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to, to, to say that, a lot of the people who were in this film were arrested, and some of them are in prison right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, and, a, and you did that. That's a direct result of your uh, investigation. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I, yeah, my wife, which was <clears throat> an amazing collaborator, and. Uh-huh. And I don't think I would have been able to do this without her support and my kids. Wow. So it was a, it was an amazing. Uh, it was a happy. The film is not. It doesn't have a happy ending, mm-hmm. but the story does. <laughs> and the story is that we put some people in prison. Wow, that's that's the kind of conversation we're speaking with, filmmaker, historian, and composer Hector Salgado. And this is the kind of conversation that only happens at KPFA. It's because we are special interest-free. Yeah? Like organic. Totally. (laughs) When you help us keep this rare breed of a radio station alive, think of us as an endangered species because without your support, we really are in danger of extinction. Isn't it true? That's true. 
Um, so. Well, Fred. let us know that it matters to you and support us tonight. Give us a call, uh, 1-800-439-5732. You could also go online at www.kpfa.org. You could make a donation of $100 and get yourself a copy of this um, eye-opening and um, emotional and great storytelling uh, DVD, Special Circumstances. Also, along with that, you get the soundtrack. You could hear this amazing music. Um, well, Hector is also a composer, and he helped get this music together for this original soundtrack to this uh, film. If you could make a donation of $100, that could break down to just a little bit over $8 a month. Just talk to the operator when you call. Also, if you can't afford $100, any donation is appreciated. $25, as Hector said in the beginning, will make you a member of this station, and you'll be able to vote in the soon-to-come local station board election. Uh, Give us a call, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY. KPFA or KPFA.org. And we real, have a quick, match. real quick, yes, we wanted to announce that um, we have a match. Uh, the match is for $348. It's from Madeline in Grayton and JC in San Leandro. So we're going to hope that we can raise $348 starting at this point until the end of the show. And that will mean that your donation will be doubled. So one more time, let's give out the number. The number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. You can get yourself a copy of the documentary film, Special Circumstances. We've been speaking with one of the film's creators, uh, Hector Salgado. And in just a second, we're going to take a music break from the uh, the soundtrack. And... um, Hector, you also composed this music, correct? Some of the music was composed f- by me, uh, by Steve Lamb, a good friend of mine from from when we went to school together, San Francisco State, and by Manuel Merino, which is the musical director of the famous international Rome Grupo uh, Inti Igimani. Wow! Well, let's. Really I was lucky that. enough to have him. <laughs> To wow. work on this yeah, project. big people. Yeah. So you get a copy of this CD along with the documentary. And let's listen to that. Um, let's check out the song from the soundtrack, Never Forget. Never Forget. Lies and half truth that they torture the youth. One man's quest in search of the truth. Decades of pain remain in his brain. So he can remain sane Friends torn apart, some tortured until they die Many tears shed by the ones left behind Fake war tribunal, firing squad To Fernando's life, he paid the ultimate price Never forget, that's what he wrote in his last note With family and friends he would never see again Told Major Chile, that's where it happened Soldiers, generals, prize 
by Vincent Captain Passing the blame, trying to hide their shame Or justify murder, ain't that insane? Put your hand on your heart if it's still beating They left emotional wounds and they still bleed Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. You just heard Never Forget by Hector Salgado and Naru Quina from the soundtrack CD of the movie Special Circumstances. Hector Salgado is our guest tonight on Full Circle and we are discussing his film Special Circumstances which deals with the events of September 11, 1973, a day Chile's democracy elected government was overthrown by the U.S. military. Um, Hector, you helped create this soundtrack for the film and you were saying, what What else were you saying about this This particular film, um, the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh well, well, the soundtrack was. Uh, I mean, I always wanted to do music for film, so this was. <laughs> it was a great opportunity for me to uh, to work, and especially to work with Manuel Merino uh -huh. from Inti Imani and Steve Lamb, which is a good friend of mine from when we went to school at San Francisco State in the in the, in uh -huh. the late 80s. Um, it was a great. Uh, project because um, I was working here in Berkeley with my friend Steve and Naru who, uh, well, Naru did uh, lyrics for the Never Forget, the song that you just heard. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the uh, music was done by uh, by me, Steve, and, and Manuel. But we had to work, um, they were in Chile, uh, Manuel lives in Chile and works in Chile. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of uh, Half of the song was done here in Berkeley, and then we will send the files to Chile, and they will add, you know, keyboards and uh, and some other, uh, you know, guitar and some other instruments in Chile. And so, uh -huh. it was a great uh, collaboration and, and and beautiful project that I wow. I'm very happy. Sounds fun. Yeah. And what else you got? I I think you have another film. Yeah, I've been working for the last three years. Uh, this uh, is a fiction film. Uh -huh. based on a true story 
And the story is obviously about Chile and, and the stories that I like to tell, the stories that I care about and mm -hmm. that I think that people should know about it. And in this film, um, I talk specifically about the execution of my friend Fernando and, and another friend that uh, was also executed, uh, Calzadilla, Iran Calzadilla. And it's based on the testimony of uh, Luis Cruz, which is the guard who spent three days with them before they were executed. So my friend Fernando and Iran were transferred to a, a maximum security prison in the south of Chile for their execution. And I was transferred to another prison for, to, um, for my sentence of, um, you know, I was sentenced to 11 years in prison, but I only spent three years there. So when this, uh, my friend Fernando and Iran were uh, sent to this maximum security prison prison for execution when they got there the person who was assigned to keep an eye on them before the execution was uh, Luis Cruz which, uh, which was from the same town mm -hmm. uh, our own town Tome. and he knew wow. both of them he even had a family connection with one of them so this is the story of what happened the three, uh, of the three of them mm -hmm. the story of, of you know before the execution and that's kind of a continuation of the film that we're talking about tonight, which is right. Special yeah, Circumstances. Like, yeah. It kind of takes on the rest of the tale of what happened to um, right. the other two folks. That were yeah. There. yeah, but, you know, since uh, my friends Fernando and Iran were executed, we had to uh, fictionalize the what happened to them uh, in the 72 hours before they are executed. And um, that is the voice of Chilean filmmaker, composer, performer, and Berkeley resident Hector Delgado. He and his wife, Marianne Telecki, created are creators of the film Special Circumstances. This film follows Hector as he tracks down and confronts the people that left lasting scars on so many lives, lives that cannot be healed without truth and reconciliation. This documentary film and its soundtrack CD is our thank you gift to you tonight for a donation of $100. So if you've been enjoying the music along with the film, uh, the soundtrack is also yours. The number to call is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Also, don't forget kpfa.org. Get yourself a copy of this film, Special Circumstances, and learn about the first 9-11, one that was perpetrated with the support of the United States government. Yep. This film and CD are being featured only on our Full Circle tonight because we're part of the First Boys Apprenticeship Program here at KPFA. We can bring you original materials such as this film, Special Circumstances, that I highly recommend. I watched it. And it's really an experience that you do want to go through. Um, especially that what is still happening in the U.S. involvement. And, you know, you, you, we just saw what's happening in Venezuela and many other parts of Latin America. We just lost Berta Cáceres in Honduras last, last year. And it feels like it was yesterday, but... Um, yeah. In in Venezuela today, just today, he said that the Venezuela is a mess and needs to be cleaned up, you know. So this is the kind of material that we need to be aware of. Um, well, let's give um, real quick a shout out to all the people that have donated so far. Pleasant Hill, thank you. And Berkeley, that goes towards our match. And earlier... 
another Ekdorf in San Mateo. Thank you. Antioch representing tonight. Uh, thank you out there. And my sister, she redeemed herself from last week. Thank you, my <laughs> sister Stephanie. And also Edmund and Berkeley. Thank you for your donation tonight. Uh, let's give out that um, number one more time. The number is 510 or Actually, the number is one 800 439 Five seven three two. That's one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Or hey KPFA. Also KPFA dot org. And um, we got one more clip from the film that we want to play. Looks like we have time for that. Oh, um, yeah. Let's play this um, short clip coming up. It's um, a big part of your film, Hector, is you confronting individuals that perpetrated these crimes, and you mm-hmm. actually researched, and you were talking about how you um, found them, some through the internet, through some official Navy documents, and you tracked these people down, and um, you find out the roles that they played. Um, in this next clip, we're going to hear you confront Lieutenant Vasquez uh, Munoz. Mm-hmm. Tell us who was this lieutenant and what was his role. Well, uh, Vasquez Muñoz was the person who arrested me. Um, and then, uh, together with, uh, I'm sure together with many other people, because uh, we were always blindfolded to, you know, I'm sure he participated in the tortures that, you know, happened immediately after the arrest. Um, I was able to find him and I went to his house and I confronted him. So, well, let's listen to the clip. In this clip, uh, you and your wife, Marianne Telecki, confront Lieutenant Vasquez, uh, Vasquez in his apartment. Ah, estás... <laughs> Perdón. Perdón. Um, yo me llamo Marianne Telecki, soy de los Estados Unidos, y um, estamos haciendo un programa para la My name is Marianne Telecki. I am from the United States, and we're making a program for public television. This is Hector. He is a historian, and we'd like to speak with you a few moments. It's a documentary we're making because we are very interested in the military takeover and what happened here. And we like the point of view of people who are at the Talhua Naval Base. No, no. Pardon me, but no. Not that. No, thank you. I'd like to talk to you. No, I don't want to. You know there's an investigation. Yes, that's why I can't talk about it. Mr. Vasquez, you were in Tome. Yes. You detained me in Tomei. Perhaps. I could tell you on October 7th, 1973. I don't remember. I know you remember. I don't remember. Really, I don't remember. I want to talk. Yes, but I don't want to. Uh, why don't you want to talk? Because I don't want to revisit that issue. But it's necessary. Why is it necessary? No. It's necessary to find the truth and reconcile. But please, whose truth? There is no reconciliation because of the other side. It's impossible. The armed forces have been very calm and have reconciled. And it is the other side that has created all of the... You know they killed people, right? No. Yes, I know they killed. A lot of people were killed. No, no, no. You're lying. I was there. I was there too. But I was detained. You detained me. When? When? On October 7th. You want me to show you? And how is it I detained you? At my house. There's your sworn testimony that says you detained me. No way. That's a Navy document. Your name is here, and it says you detained me. You were in the hills of Tomei, and you detained me. But I don't remember. But I remember you. Of course I remember you. Well, I don't remember you. You took me to prison. After that, I left and never returned to Chile. But who else can speak with us? The Navy. But who of them will talk? You don't want to talk. Nobody will talk. Okay. 
pero, pero ¿qué, ¿quién de ellos nos va a hablar? Si usted no nos quiere hablar, nadie quiere hablar. ¿Cómo hacemos? Ya, yeah. ok. He's free, and he has no remorse for what happened. And these people, they need to be judged. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. That was a clip from the film Special Circumstances, produced by filmmakers Hector Salgado and Marianne Telecki. In that clip, you can hear them confront Lieutenant Vasquez Munoz. And Hector, you confront a lot of people in the film. Um, what is the general reaction you get from confronting people? Because I imagine they might be terrified. For one, you could be out to seek revenge, but you actually said you put on your suit and you're there to talk to them for some truth and some reconciliation. But what are you finding is their reaction when, when you confront them? Well, uh, the reaction that I found from them was that they, they don't want to talk. They just don't want to remember what happened. Why, rat- why do you think that is? Uh, because they're afraid that, uh, that they might go to prison for the, for the torture and the assassinations that they committed. So they don't, they don't want to reveal what they really did. And you mentioned briefly a minute ago that some people have gone to prison thanks to your work and your research. Yeah. Um, what has happened? Who has been um, locked up? Uh, this person, Vasquez Munoz, uh, I don't think he was ever arrested, but uh, in the film there is uh, Capitan Aravena, which is the person in charge of the garrison of Tomé, who is uh, right now he's in prison. He was condemned to um, five or seven years in prison. Uh, and then some others um, who I didn't have, I didn't interview them because I didn't know about them. But later on, I heard, so they were not able to be in the film. But uh, due to my investigation, uh, I was able to share that information with the judicial system of Chile, and and they were also arrested. Um, I will say, yeah, most of them uh, were arrested. And when you found them, they were just kind of living comfortably, doing their thing. Like, oh yeah, the the lieutenant he was painting. Yeah, so. everybody was having a really nice life, and they didn't know that somebody from the U.S. was going to come there and and confront them. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations on your work and getting that done. And um, we're getting a little low on time. Uh, that is the voice of Hector Salgado, and he and his wife, Marianne Telecki, are the creators of Special Circumstances, the film, um, which chronicles his search and his research of people involved in the the coup in Chile in 1973, which was backed by the U.S. government. And let's give a quick shout-out to some folks that got your film, um, O'Brien in Berkeley, Mike in Oakland and Hector and San Mateo called back. Thank you folks for donating tonight. It looks like we made our match. Wow. So yes. Thank you very much. Yes. And let's give out the number a couple more times. The number is 1-800-439-5732. That comes out to 1-800-HEY-KPFA. You can get yourself a copy of this, um, this testimonial, this documentary film. 
special circumstances and also a copy of the soundtrack to the film which is um, original music made for this film and maybe we can get a little bit coming up back there or maybe we can't and um, so that's available to you for a donation of $100 if you do uh, make a donation of $100 you can have it broke down into payments which is a little bit over $8 a month and you can become a monthly sustainer which is something that helps us out here at KPFA the number again one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two, which comes out to one eight hundred. Hey, KPFA, and uh, a lot of people donate online, and that's uh, actually one of the most secure ways to donate, and one that actually helps us out. It's paperless. It uh, makes things streamlined for us. So if you can, please go to kpfa.org and click on the uh, securely donate button and you can make a donation right there online. If you'd like to talk to a person, feel free to call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Hector, before we uh, run out of time, um, why do you feel it's important for us to support community radio and independent filmmakers? Because this is the only place where you can do stuff like this. Uh, I've been listening to you guys since I moved from New York in 1981. Like I said before, you know, I made my donation of 20 or 25 dollars that time, and and I've been, you know, I think that people should support your 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 yeah. work, and it is important to have KPFA for another hundred years. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and without your support, we're not going to make it, especially in these days and times that we're living. So anything that you can afford, we really need it. If you can't do the $100, just even come here to the station and help us out with your time. You just answer the phone. Anything, anything that you can um, put towards this cause is very worth it. And uh, let's give out the number one more time, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Don't forget online. Don't forget yeah. online all the time. $25 makes you a member, a voting member voting of this member. great station, KPFA. Um, I've been your host, Freewell and Franklin. Thanks to Kendall on the board and tech assistance from Sharon Peterson. Hector, thank you for joining us tonight thank on Full Circle. Thank you for having me. And Laura, thank you for um, bringing this film to our attention and sharing it with oh, us yeah. tonight. Um, stay tuned now. I see the La Onda crew is in the building. Up next, La Onda Bajita.